Monday, March 18th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back again this week to discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense, which when we look around at the sports world right now, that is desperately needed. Hey, happy Monday to you. I hope that you enjoyed the weekend in sports. There were a number of things for us to watch. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe let us know your favorite part of your weekend. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. You've got a list you'd like us to cover. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a comment. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. Also, make sure you stop by tpublic.com where you can pick up the latest Daily Dose gear over there. They've got hoodies. They've got t-shirts, they've got sweatshirts, they've got coffee mugs, a number of Daily Dose items over at tpublic.com. Just go to tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, scroll down until you see our logo and click on that and there you will find a number of Daily Dose items. Hey, and also, don't forget, March Madness starts this week. It was Selection Sunday yesterday and we have our Daily Dose bracket pool going over at ESPN. Just go to the Tournament Challenge. Click on the Groups tab and search Daily Dose. We will come up. You can join up with us. You don't need a password or anything like that. If you did play last year, you can just join again. But I want to announce right now, the winner of our Daily Dose Bracket Challenge, I'm thinking we're going to have to ship you one of our Daily Dose t-shirts from tpublic.com. So you got to go over to ESPN, join the Tournament Challenge, join our Daily Dose group, and make your picks there for March Madness. Once the picks are all done, We will tally everything up and I will be sending the winner of the Daily Dose Bracket Challenge a Daily Dose t-shirt from tpublic.com. Hey, today on the show, we have something a little bit different for you. We are actually flashing back to a previous episode of the Daily Dose. And the episode that we're going to flash back to, the 2015 NBA playoffs were in the opening round. We recapped what had happened so far. We were actually looking ahead a little to the second round. But the 2015 NFL Draft was also coming and we did our best to predict how the first round was going to shape up and which players might actually have been taken a little too high. And yes, I know it's only Monday, but we actually even have a Daily Dose top five for you today. Sit back, relax, enjoy a throwback episode of the Daily Dose. Wednesday, April 29th, 2015, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and just give you a little bit different of an outlook on the world of sports than you are going to get anywhere else. Uh, download the podcast, uh, you, a couple different places you can get it. Uh, if you're an iPhone user, go to iTunes. We have a page on iTunes, you can get it there. If you're an Android user, you can go to a place like Podcast Republic, and it's the same thing. You can subscribe to it, you can make sure that you you always get your episodes every single week if you go there. Uh, if you do get a chance, please, 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 iTunes, Podcast Republic, wherever you go, please just go give us that five-star rating. Give us a quick review that you enjoy the podcast. It helps us so much. Um, if you need to contact me, uh, let's get this out of the way before we jump in. If you would like to contact me, Twitter handle, at Daily Dose Sports. That is D-A-L-Y, Daily Dose Sports. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook under the same thing, Daily Dose Sports. We do have a website now, dailydosesports.wordpress.com. Got a couple new articles up there. I've got some stuff up there that I would encourage you 
to go check out. We put some new stuff up this week. Going to talk a little bit more about that as we get a little further into the show. Also, if you just like to email the show directly, uh, you've got a comment on the show. You've got a question on the show. You are uh, seeking some sort of, you know, marital advice. You know, we can hook you up here. Uh, give us an email. Shoot us an email. Uh, DailyDoseSports at gmail.com. That comes directly to the show and we can help you and hook you up. Got a lot of things to get to this week. Today, we're going to look at the NFL draft. Talk a little bit about that. Got some NBA playoffs, some big stories last night coming out of the NBA, you know, the boxing, the big fight coming up this weekend, and of course, a very popular segment every single week uh, on the Daily Dose Sports Podcast is our top five. You do not want to miss that today. Couple stories that are coming out today in the world of sports, uh, sources are saying that Florida basketball coach Billy Donovan and the Oklahoma City Thunder are formally entered into advanced discussions about their vacant coaching job. We just missed last Wednesday getting to the fact that Oklahoma City fired their head coach, Scotty Brooks. And Brooks, I thought, struggled a little bit, just had a hard time kind of reigning in uh, Russell Westbrook, had a hard time uh, running. It, it seemed like running good sets when when, when the pressure was on. I don't, I don't know why that was. Uh, send, seemed like he would always send uh, Kevin Durant to the corner whenever there was a big play to be had, uh, a little bit odd. But Billy Donovan... I'm a little confused on on this. It, it, and they are saying that this job is Billy's to turn down. They're going to give it to Billy Donovan. I don't know how much sense this makes. I want you to think about one thing. This is probably the biggest, the most pivotal year in Oklahoma City Thunder history. This is going to be a season where we say, uh, can we keep Kevin Durant? Can we keep this nucleus intact? Is this all going to blow up and, 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 you know, go, go sideways? Because after not making the playoffs this year, you know, there is some pressure. Are you going to turn it over to a coach who doesn't have NBA experience? And I, and I like Billy Donovan. I think Billy Donovan is, is a phenomenal coach in college. I, I don't have any idea if he'll be good in the pros. I'm not saying he won't. We have started to see a little bit of a change. Brad Stevens, some of these coaches coming out uh, from the college ranks that have turned into decent professional coaches. But are you willing to take that risk there? Or would you rather just go with someone uh, like an Alvin Gentry who who has some experience? A little bit strange to me that that is the case. I know uh, that he is, uh, Billy Donovan has a relationship with general manager Sam Presti. We will see how that all sorts itself out. It's sounding like that, uh, that could be decided very, very soon. Let's jump into the NBA playoffs because we've got a lot of things going on in the NBA playoffs. We've, we've got some series going. We've got some series. I, I told you, don't weigh too much on those first games. Sometimes don't even weigh too much on those first two games. We've got some series that are getting tight. We've got some series that are starting to spin different ways. Uh, let's, let's look over at the Eastern side. The Atlanta Hawks are the number one seed facing the Brooklyn Nets. And in those first couple games, didn't look like the Nets were even going to compete. That series is now knotted up at two to two. And you know, what I really, really like about this is I like the fact that the Brooklyn Nets head coach, Lionel Hollins, apparently listens to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. That might be the best news coming out of this entire thing. Because last week on the show, I said, hey, Brooklyn, you want to compete in this series? Do you want to get something going in this series? Why don't you start feeding the ball inside to Brook Lopez? Why don't you start funneling your offense through him instead of having these horrifying outside shots that you clearly can't make? And you know what Brook Lopez has done in the last three games? 17 points, 20 points, 22 points. 
Lionel Hollins was clearly listening to the dose. Hey, the Hawks are beat up. I told you that last week. The Atlanta Hawks are beat up. And they're going to have to go start going inside themselves. And they're going to have to start getting back to the free throw line where they are very, very good. But right now, that series is tied up. And with the Hawks reeling physically the way they are, it's not looking very good. And, and I have bad news for whoever comes out of this series. We'll get to that in just a second. Cleveland Cavaliers, they sweep the Celtics, go 4-0. They take them out on this past Sunday, but it was costly. That was a costly Game 4 victory. Kevin Love, he gets tangled up with Kelly Olenek, and now he's got a dislocated shoulder. Got a couple couple things to think about with this dislocated shoulder. Because, you know, they originally said he's probably going to be out two weeks. He's going to be out two weeks. So he's going to, if that you know, we get to the next round, depending on when the next round starts, he's going to miss maybe two or three games. And then you have the GM out in Cleveland saying, well, I, he's probably out for the rest of the playoffs. He's done. Easy. I, I know what you're trying to do. I understand, you know, that you're trying to say, well, Kevin Love will probably never be normal again. Not so fast. Because you know what they're going to do? Let me tell you, I'm going to predict some future here for you. I'm going to look into my crystal ball here at the Daily Dose, and I'm going to predict some things for you. Watch. Uh, first off, uh, was this a dirty play between Olenek and Love? No, they're both tangled up. Olenek, doesn't he just kind of strike you as one of those guys that's a little bit uh, Sean Bradley-ish, a little bit Dikembo Mutombo-ish? He, he's just kind of a klutz. And, and, and I'm not saying he's not he, hes not a talented player or whatever, but he's just kind of clumsy, and, and, and you get tangled up. And you kind of look like you're on one of those infomercials trying to untangle yourself from one of these guys. I don't think it was a dirty play. I think, I think it was both these guys battling. Don't forget, if you do watch the replay, love actually hooks him first. So I'm not, I'm not going to go that it's a dirty play, but just I'm going to look into the crystal ball and here's what I'm going to see. For one thing, this isn't Kevin Love's shooting shoulder. It's his off shoulder. Now I realize love is a, is a valuable rebounder and that could affect his rebounding, but just watch. They're going to inject that shoulder with some cortisone, and he's going to miss maybe one game. Watch and see. Whoever they're facing in that next round, I bet he misses maybe one game. You know, that game four against the Celtics did get chippy. And we saw a couple things. We saw, you know, some some technicals, you know, handed out. We saw some some chippiness to this game. And the refs, I thought, did, did not do a, a very good job of controlling this game from the beginning. Here's here's one issue that you can sometimes see with officials. Sometimes officials come in and, and they'll be calling everything really, really tight. Boom, boom, boom. We're calling this foul. We're calling hand hand check. We're calling that. Any kind of contact, we're calling that. And then they'll start to relax and lay off. This group kind of went the other way. This group, they were kind of letting everything go early. And then, how did everything go so bad? What happened? Well, if you'd have called some stuff early, it wouldn't have reached this point. I've been waiting all season for J.R. Smith to do something dumb. I saw him too many years with the Nuggets, with the Knicks. I know what's coming for J.R. Smith. He's going to do something stupid. And sure enough, he clocks Jay Crowder in front of everyone and has been suspended for the next two games. Cavaliers are now going to be a little shorthanded. If you don't have uh, Smith for two games, and you probably won't have Kevin Love for one or maybe two games, you're going to be a little shorthanded, at least to get started. And speaking of that next round, what is going on with Chicago? Because the Milwaukee Bucks are scrapping, and they are making the Bulls extend this series. You know they probably wanted to be done. Have you noticed that when Derrick Rose has two nights rest, 
He looks like he's pretty good. When he has, you know, two or more nights rest. When he has to go a little closer, uh, just one night struggles a little bit. Still, still trying to find his legs. He's still trying to get back to it. But there are a couple of ways to look at this Bulls Bucks series. I do think Chicago will end up winning this. Hopefully they don't take it to seven. If they take it to seven, I think they're going to extend themselves a little too much. But, you know, the, the Bulls, there's two ways to look at this. The Chicago Bulls are in trouble and they're spending too much energy and it's taking too much time and they're having to battle too much with Milwaukee. That is possible. Or extending this series gives Derrick Rose a little more time to get comfortable with his teammates. I'm not saying it's ever a good thing to extend these series, but he does get a little more time. He does get a little more time to, to meld in with this group that we know played has played without him for a long, long time. Maybe not the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't want to extend it past six, though. You're starting to get into a, a very, very sketchy situation. The, you know, Chicago Bulls need to get back to playing with more energy. I thought in the last two games, they have come out a little bit flat. I thought Rose didn't look very good. Game six tonight. Got to keep an eye on that one. Because whoever gets by this does get Cleveland next. And if it's Chicago... I kind of want to see how they're going to look. Uh, Washington Wizards swept the Raptors. And you know, the, the Raptors just never got on track. Lost 4 nothing. Kyle Lowry did not look healthy to me. Uh, he's come out now and say that maybe he's he had an injury that he was kind of, you know, nursing all season. But, you know, the Raptors, it seems like just like a year ago, it wasn't. But it seems like just like a year ago, the Toronto Raptors were looking at them. Man, they're a good young team. What happened? Amir Johnson has been playing in the league for 10 years. Lowry has been playing in the league for nine years. This team is getting older. They're going to have some difficult decisions to make down the stretch. And, you know, Washington started, it seemed like as we were going into the playoffs, you're kind of looking at Washington and go, man, you guys are struggling. But they played really well. Now, it's hard to know how much credit we give Washington and how much we look at, at the Raptors and say, I don't know what happened to you. Something went wrong there for you. How much credit do we give Paul Pierce? Because Randy Whitman does not always impress me as a head coach on the sideline for the Washington Wizards. If you haven't seen the clip, if you have not seen, I would encourage you, go look. Uh, you can, you can pull it up on the, on the internet. Just search like Randy Whitman, uh, clipboard and, and see, he, he's trying to diagram a, a play just in a huddle and he can't f- seem to figure out how to turn his clipboard. Is it upside down? It's, I, I don't, where is this? I can't write on this. And he turns it about three. He's just trying to figure out how to use a clipboard. I know he's a smart guy. I know he's a good, I, I know he knows a lot about basketball. I don't know what he's doing. But how much credit do we give Paul Pierce? Because this team looks a little bit different than they did last year. And here's the, here's the thing. When you look at the Washington Wizards, uh, it, waiting around for the winner of that Hawks Nets series, I take Washington right now over either one of those two teams. It looks like Washington is the better team between either the Hawks or the Nets. They are just waiting for those two to limp into that series. Washington could be going to the semifinals. They could be going to the conference semifinals. Going to be interesting to watch. Uh, look over at the West. Golden State Warriors beat the Pelicans 4-0. They sweep them. But the story of this series was Game 3. Clearly Game 3. Pelicans are up 20 in the fourth quarter. Warriors come back. Steph Curry hits a three at the end of of regulation and, by the way, gets fouled and probably should be shooting the winning free throw, and they could have won the thing in regulation. It it goes to overtime. We already knew how that would end. In fact, I'll I'll be completely transparent. When it hit overtime, I turned the game off because I already knew it was over. And I know we look at this team, and we've talked about this in the past couple weeks. We look at this team with Golden State, and we say they're a finesse team. 
They're a jump shooting team. They're not as tough of a team. They don't have as much of an inside presence as maybe some other teams do. But let me ask you this. If you are up 20 on the Warriors, is it ever safe? So let's say they end up matching up with the Spurs. Spurs are up 20 late. Now, I would think that the Spurs find a way to come through. Let's say they end up matching up with the Rockets at some point. I would think up 20 is plenty. I don't know. Golden State can score a lot of points in a short, short amount of time. The game is never over. Speaking of the Houston Rockets, they close out the Dallas Mavericks last night, win a game. And, and you know, the, the Rockets are winning. And I've told you in the past, I kind of like this team and the way they're playing, but they're winning with some guys that nobody else really wanted. Jason Terry, he was done. Corey Brewer, he kind of just seems to get tossed. He should have been here in Denver. Denver should have held on to Corey Brewer. Josh Smith, nobody wanted Josh Smith. He looked like poison. Houston somehow is winning games with these guys. And you know, the Mavericks, they they tried the the whole hack-a-shack thing on Dwight Howard last night. I've got some thoughts on on uh, the whole hack-a-shack thing and the whole hack-a-Dwight Howard and hack-a-DeAndre Jordan. I, I've got some thoughts on that. I'm going to share those in just a minute. Rajon Rondo, of course, uh, he was done in Dallas after game two. Him and Rick Carlisle butted heads. Rajon Rondo seems to butt heads with everybody he ever has been coached by. He he butted heads with Tubby Smith. He butted heads with Doc Rivers. He, he's butting heads uh, with Rick Carlisle. He butts heads with Brad Stevens. It, he He can't get along with anybody. Talented guy? Yes. Still kind of waiting for that switch. Like, okay, when do we start seeing Rajon Rondo from like 2000, you know, 7, 2008? I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know he's probably going to end up being a Laker. Uh, but he, he basically said, my back is, is to her. I can't go and, and was done for the series. And then, interestingly enough, Dallas won a game without him. They won a game with JJ Berea, who actually at this point, at this point, Seems to be playing better and at least fit into that offense a little better too. Rockets will move on. The, uh, the game of the, of the night last night and the one we have to talk about last night was Clippers versus Spurs. Uh, Spurs now take a 3-2 lead and are heading back to San Antonio where they could finish the Clippers off. When are the Clippers just going to get past the first round? I know it's asking a lot of a franchise that has never won anything in the history of its existence to, to do, you know, bigger and better things, but can they just get out of the first round? Just the first round. I'm not asking for that much. Spurs just find ways to win. And you saw that last night. You know, the teams that win game five win like 82% of most of these series. The Clippers still, it seems like they don't quite know how to defend the pick and roll. We saw that last night. Do we go over it? Do we go under it? Do we just sag on it? Uh, whatever you're doing, it's not working. Clippers can't seem to make a free throw at all, ever, when it counts. I think they missed 16, 17 free throws last night. Now, I told you before, I've got a solution to this whole hack-a-shack uh, thing that these teams are doing. There, there's a few different mentalities. And what this is, is the offensive teams comes down. They've got a really bad free throw shooter. We just go foul that bad free throw shooter and we make your offense be, uh, him shooting free throws. That's a line where they are very, very uncomfortable. And, uh, I guess you could say in a way it worked because they're coming down and they're only getting, you know, one out of two when they're at the free throw line. I've got, a, I've got some ideas on, on how to, uh, how to fix this though. And, and it might be a little bit unconventional. It might be a little bit of a different solution than what you're hearing out there. Because a couple of the things you're hearing out there is uh, you could make it an intentional foul and you shoot free throws and you get the ball, which obviously would, would stop it completely. 
I'm just going to throw this idea out there. If your player is getting hacked every time and they're coming down, they're not letting you run offense. And the thing is, you might even make both free throws. It, it causes the, the game to be so disjointed and slow, and it really doesn't let you get into much of a flow. It, it just kind of chops the game up. I'm not a big fan of it. But you know one way to stop it? Make your free throws. That would put a stop to it. If every single time down the floor you foul me and I hit two of them, you're going to stop fouling me. I know, I know. It's out of left field. That's probably a little too crazy. Make your free throws. It's not that hard. Hey, Blazers and Grizzlies are going to get after it. Blazers finally you know, showed a little heart. It, it took them four games. But they showed a little heart, and they actually won a game. But here's something I, I want you to think about. kind of goes along with that whole Bulls-Bucks things, where maybe it's not always the worst thing for that team to lose. Uh, Memphis point guard Mike Conley is recovering from that face fracture. I don't know if those are words that should ever go together. Face, face and fracture, that never sounds good. Sounds like he maybe has a, a broken orbital, orbital bone around his eye, whatever that might be. Grizzlies, you might want to lose one more just to give him a little more time to recover because you really are going to want him back before you see Golden State. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft because, you know, I talked earlier, uh, you know, the Browns are trying to move up. Certain teams are trying to move up. I, I, and I want to talk a, a few different things. I, I want to, let's go down the list real quick in the NFL draft. And it starts tomorrow night. It's in Chicago for a change. It's not in New York City. Uh, talk about some of these players that are going to get picked. Because when I look at these top five, and by the way, if you want to know who your team is going to pick, go to uh, dailydosesports.wordpress.com, and I've got a mock draft up there that tells you every single team what they're going to do in the first round. I think you'll like it. I've had some good feedback. We've had a couple people go look at it, and, and I think it will really break down for you what your team's going to do. You need to see that because it's going to tell you what your team's going to do. But let's go through just the first five picks. Just the first five picks. I want you to think about one thing. In the past 10 years, I believe it's the past 10 years, in the first round of the draft, 27 quarterbacks have been selected. Only 12 are even starting. Now, I know some of that is longevity. Some of that is only 12 ever were starting because the other ones were horrible. Here's how I think the first five picks are going to go. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all in on Jameis Winston. I think Tennessee, unless they trade out of that pick, probably takes Marcus Mariota. Jacksonville goes with Dante Fowler, the outside linebacker out of Florida. Uh, the Oakland Raiders probably take Amari Cooper. Washington Redskins, uh, I think they'll take like a Bud Dupree or, or someone like that, maybe Vic Beasley out of Clemson. These are not the five best players in the draft. They're not the five best players. And you know the two that don't belong? The first two. Because we have this mentality that, well, we're in this position. I've got to take a quarterback. Here's the bad thing. This quarterback class is horrible. It's a bad class. Hey, sorry. Sorry, this was the year that, that you came up at the number one and number two pick, but it's a bad quarterback class. Now, you can sit there and you can say, well, I need that position, so, so I don't even care. I'm just going to take that position no matter what. Or you could look at your list and say, Here's who the best player is. I'm going to take the best player, and I'll build around a quarterback. Got to talk about boxing a little bit. Got to talk a little bit about boxing, because obviously we have the biggest fight uh, coming out this weekend since I, I honestly, I, I, I can't think, I can't think back of, of when we had another fight like this. I mean, uh, maybe like, I don't know, an, an Oscar De La Hoya fight or like a Mike Tyson fight. Going back, it's been a while since we've had a fight that was at least in the public consciousness 
this much. Are you going to order it? Are you going to get the fight? I might, I might get the fight. Well, I might get the fight if it were 2009. Like, because I'm interested in it, but I'm not paying a hundred dollars for it. Are you kidding me? If these were two fighters in their prime, maybe I'd think about it. And yes, uh, I know I can invite 10 friends over, uh, but you know, my cheap friends would come over and like drop a buck in the jar. So that doesn't help me. Uh, I'm a boxing fan and you guys know that I've talked a little bit about it. You heard, you might've heard the interview this past week that I did with Frank Sanchez and, and we talked a little bit, uh, you know, about boxing and the boxing game in general. I'm a boxing fan. I grew up around boxing, but this sport has gone the way of horse racing or I don't know, baseball. Uh, did you know that the heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko fought this past weekend? Probably not. You probably didn't even pay attention. Probably didn't even know it. You probably didn't know it any more than you knew uh, that like American Pharaoh is the favorite at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Did you know that? Yeah, it's about the same thing. Horse racing, boxing, they, they were really, really big back in like the 30s and the 40s. Uh, not so much now. And I'm not going to break down the fight. Uh, we, we did that on, on you know, episode 21 uh, where I did sit down with Frankie Sanchez and, and talk to him a little bit. Uh, and I don't agree with everything Frankie said, and I'm I'm okay with that. I do think that Floyd probably uh, ducked Manny. I I do think uh, that these guys are are too old, and and I don't think there's going to be three fights because uh, they just waited too long. And I, and I don't know all the whys and and hows, but there was a ton of money to be made. I don't think they're going to get three fights out of these two fighters now because let's be honest, the only way we're going to get a rematch out of this fight is if Manny wins which I guess there's a possibility. Or if there is some sort of controversial winning where everyone says, well, Mayweather won it, but it was really controversial. That's the only way you can get a, a rematch. Because if Mayweather just comes out, comes out and outpoints him uh, like I think he's going to do, and it's a unanimous decision, and there's really not a lot of controversy, there's no reason for a rematch. We already know how this ends. We already know how this is going to happen. If it happens again, we already know what's going to happen. We've already seen it. Here's one thing that I would like you to think about. I heard a uh, a Las Vegas uh, bookie talking yesterday. And the Las Vegas guy is saying money is pouring in, pouring in on Manny Pacquiao. The money's coming in on Pacquiao. Mayweather is a favorite, but the money is coming in on Pacquiao. There's a couple different ways you can think about that. So either something shady is going to happen. And that's possible. I'm not going to say that that's, that's, that's impossible. That's possible. Or there are people that are betting with their hearts instead of their heads. Because you might want Manny to win. I want Manny to win. I'm never going to cheer for the guy, uh, you know, with domestic abuse history. That's just me. Maybe that's just me. But the money is pouring in on Manny, and it makes me wonder if it's just because people are like, I really want Manny to win, and I think he's gonna. Well, he hasn't looked great in like three of his last four fights, so I'm not so sure that he is going to. Uh, yes, I, I hope so too. I hope he goes out and wins the fight. Nothing would make me happier than if he knocked Mayweather out. I don't think it's gonna happen. Or we could get something shady. And the reason that I bring up, you know, some controversy, some things that happen sometimes in boxing that are a little bit shady is because as we do every week, and yes, we're jumping into a little early this week, but we got a lot to get to. As we do every week, we are going to bring you our Daily Dose Top 5. And our Daily Dose Top 5 this week 
is controversies we have come to expect in boxing. Controversies we have come to expect in boxing because there's a lot of them. You know, boxing, honestly, it needs a governing body because it is a filthy, filthy sport. And I mean, it is corrupt from the top down. Uh, there, there is a history of, of just kind of, uh, sneaky deals and underhanded deals and shady things that go on in the world of boxing. And so today for our Daily Dose Top 5 with the big fight coming up, yes, I know we have the NFL draft coming up and all those things, uh, but with the big fight coming up, and I, I didn't want to give you a Daily Dose Top 5, uh, Kentucky Derby, here's a horse that ran super fast. I still think it's eh, just a little bit mean that we strap little people to the back of these horses and make them run around the track. Little bit mean. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, so we went with what kind of controversies have we come to expect in boxing? They do need a governing body. Let me give you the five controversies that we have come to expect. Number five, we have seen fighters take a dive. Just take a dive for whatever reason. We'll see a fighter just, I'm done. I'm out. Let me give you a couple examples. Back in 1947, Billy Fox gets a technical knockout in the fourth round over Jake LaMotta. And they say that in, in exchange for a title fight, LaMotta agreed to go down for the gangsters that were running the fight game at that time. And they did get him a title shot. And you might say, well, that's hearsay. That was never really proved. Well, except for the fact that Jake LaMotta testified to this in front of a U.S. Senate committee. Taking a dive does happen. Did you ever see, of course, that just happened way back then. Did you ever see uh, Mike Tyson and Bruce Seldon back in 1996? Where Bruce Seldon went down in the first, except for that he really never got hit. You know, Mike Tyson had just gotten out of prison. And he comes into the ring, looks bad, looks a little heavier than he had. Seldon comes to the center of the ring, doesn't even want anything to do with Mike. You can tell from the beginning. Seldon barely gets touched. He, it looked more like a slip. But then he stayed down and staggered around, and he just flopped on the ground. TKO, first round. Bruce Seldon to Mike Tyson. And if you want another, you know, another time when we, we saw a fighter take a dive, how about Muhammad Ali in 1965 with the phantom punch over Sonny Liston? You know, Sonny Liston had a history with the mob. And, and when you watch this fight, there is kind of a, a, a short right. And honestly, it, it was in the first round. It was a, a short right that was really the first time that Ali had, had connected maybe at all. He, he, he wasn't throwing a lot of punches. He was doing a lot of backpedaling. He was circling a lot. And, and Liston was actually throwing more of the punches. He finally comes back with this little short right that I don't even know if it landed. Not only did it knock, uh, Liston down, he was out for like 20 seconds. He had the long count because Ali stood over him yelling. And everyone said, he's taunting him. He's screaming at him, saying I'm the greatest. Except for the people ringside were saying that Ali was telling Liston, get up, get up. Didn't look good. We have seen fighters take a dive in boxing. That is number five on our controversies we have come to expect. Number four on our list of the Daily Dose Top 5. We have seen riots. We have seen full-blown riots take place in boxing. Do you remember back in about 97 when Andrew Galata faced Riddick Bowe? And Galata was up on all the judges' cards. 
And then for some reason, he just decides, I'm going to throw nothing but low blows. Kept going under the belt, kept going under the belt, kept going under the belt. Finally, the ref just disqualifies Galata, and Madison Square Garden erupts in this angry riot that the fight is over. There were 10 arrests, there were 17 people injured, and a few of those were New York policemen that got injured. Every once in a while, you never know with boxing, you might get a riot thrown in there. Back in 1910, going way back, Jack Johnson beats James Jeffries, retains his heavyweight championship. And, you know, James Jeffries had retired, came out of retirement, and and they kind of set this up. It was going to be Jack Johnson, the black champion, versus the original great white hope. Jack Johnson beats him. Really wasn't a controversial finish, but when he beat him, riots, racial riots, took place in a ton of cities across the United States. The fight was back in in, uh, Reno, Nevada, but there were riots in D.C., Chicago, New York City. When you kind of take a look at the things that are going on in the country today. Makes you just a little bit afraid of what could happen because some of these things we have seen happen in boxing. Number three on our list, top five controversies we can expect when we're dealing with the filthy sport of boxing. Just blatant cheating. We have seen just blatant cheating. Uh, 1983, Louis Resto. Panama Louis fighting undefeated Billy Collins Jr., Resto beat up Collins bad. Wins a unanimous decision. Collins was favored, but he got beat up. Came out of it. Just looked like he had been hit with a hammer. But here's the catch. When Resto went over to congratulate Billy Collins' corner, his manager touched hands, and he noticed there was a hardening agent on the wraps that Resto had used. He had basically used a hardening agent like a plaster on his hands. Collins never fought again, suffered from a torn iris, and had blurred vision uh, from then on. He never, he never fought again. But that, that was back then. That was back in the 80s. That stuff never happens now, does it? Well, in 2009, Antonio Margarito fought Shane Mosley, and Mosley noticed some powder on Margarito's gloves. It turned out to be plaster that they had put on his wraps of his hands. Margarito was banned for a year. His trainer was banned for a year. And you know, they say that Margarito had done the same thing with his gloves when he fought Miguel Cotto back in 2008. And that might have been the reason he beat Miguel Cotto. Just blatant cheating. Sometimes we just get blatant cheating in the world of boxing. Number two controversy we have come to expect when we're talking about boxing. Sometimes you just get that in-fight melee. Sometimes you just get that crazy, uh, the fight just kind of spills. Maybe it goes into the stands or you just get something crazy happen in a fight. Maybe you get a trainer jump in there, an official gets punched, whatever it might be. What about Riddick Bowe versus Evander Holyfield in 1993? Do you remember when crazy James Miller parachuted into the outdoor ring. The the fight was being held uh, at Caesar's Palace outside in a ring that they had set up out there. And and James Miller was this nut that would try to like parachute into these big events. He parachuted and actually landed on the ropes of the ring during the fight. And so people in the ring were afraid. What is this guy doing? Is is he coming to cause harm? What is he doing? And so pretty much everyone in the ring beat up this nut that decided to parachute in there. Stop the fight. Both fighters weren't really sure what to do. They're kind of looking at each other while everyone took turns pummeling James Miller in the head with their flashlight or whatever they had handy. 
What about Mike Tyson versus Holyfield in 97? With Mike Tyson losing the fight, and, and it was only the third round, but you could see he was struggling. Evander was controlling the fight. He decides, I'll just bite off a hunk of his ear. Wanted to get disqualified. He wanted to get out. You know, Tyson's former trainer, Teddy Atlas, predicted, predicted to the media the night before the fight, I can tell you right now what is going to happen. Tyson is going to try for a knockout early. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to get himself disqualified. I don't know how. Maybe a low blow. Maybe he'll headbutt him. Or maybe he'll bite him. Every once in a while, you just get a complete uh, melee right in the middle of the fight. Happened before. It could happen again. The number one entry on our Daily Dose Top 5 controversies we have come to expect in the world of boxing. Oh, man, this is number one, and it's not even close. In fact, I could have did the whole show just about this. The shady decisions. The shady decisions. And it doesn't matter if it's at the professional level. It makes no difference. We've seen those. We've even seen uh, these shady decisions, maybe even more so, at the Olympic level. Do you remember when Park Si-hoon fought uh, Roy Jones at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul, Korea? And the Korean judges admitted they were just giving decisions to Korean fighters. They had even warned the United States, uh, some of the media, and had said, hey, just so you know, when your fighters come here, we're not going to give them any decisions. You're going to get robbed on a lot of these decisions. Roy Jones beat this fighter every round. And I don't mean, I mean, he was clowning. He was putting his hands down, popping him every single time. And the judges just got mad and said, we're not giving him a decision. It doesn't matter. We've seen this in the professional ranks. I can think back uh, to uh, Felix Trinidad getting a split decision over Oscar De La Hoya when Oscar basically won every single round. I mean, I mean, the, you know, the punch counts uh, was like Oscar 263 to 166 and hit him with good stuff. It wasn't like he was he was hitting him, you know, with soft punches. But this has been going on forever. You can go back to 1947. When Joe Lewis got a split decision over Jersey Joe Walcott in the heavyweight championship of the world in Madison Square Garden, Walcott knocked Joe Lewis down twice. He dominated the fight for 15 rounds. And then the judges read the cards. And somehow, Joe Lewis gets a split decision. And they say that as the Madison Square fans were booing, because everyone, and, and Joe Lewis, that, that's their guy. They, they love Joe Lewis. They were booing because they knew the decision was so bad. They say that Lewis went over to Walcott and he apologized because he knew he had lost that fight. Another one that, that really stands out to me, uh, that I always remember was, uh, Pernell Whitaker getting a draw against Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, the, you know, the WBC appointed its own judges for this fight. And this was another fight that it wasn't close. Chavez got outclassed, outboxed, outpunched all night. But instead of having that independent group, the WBC put in their own judges. And even a home Texas crowd, a, a crowd in San Antonio who was supporting Chavez, booed the decision. Terrible decision. Chavez had a couple of those decisions. Do you remember the, the decision against Mildred Taylor when they stopped the fight early? Another bad decision. But if you want something more modern where we get these shady decisions, Timothy Bradley beating Manny Pacquiao in 2012. I watched that fight. That fight wasn't even close. Pacquiao landed more power punches than Bradley landed punches total. 
And you know, the judges even came out and they kind of changed their story. They said, well, I had, uh, four rounds for, for Pacquiao and then I have four rounds. Well, well, actually I had six rounds for, well, wait a second. Were you there? Were you here for this? There you have it. Number one on our list. Shady decisions come in at number one. The controversies we can expect in the world of boxing. I just throw that out there. Got a big fight coming up this weekend. I don't know what's going to happen. But don't be surprised. We've seen a history in boxing of some bad things happening. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed a flashback to a daily dose from the past. Hey, I have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that share the show, thank you so much. It is appreciated. Hey, don't forget, stop by tpublic.com, pick up your Daily Dose gear, and head over to ESPN and join the tournament challenge where you can join the Daily Dose group and make your picks for your chance to win a Daily Dose t-shirt. have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Monday.